The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. and brought them back into their, their land. And, and we learned that the first thing they did was to lay a foundation of the temple. And we explained the significance of that. And, and that we explained that Ezra taught the people the word and the significance of, of their identity in God and how to relate to God as a son and not an orphan. And last week we looked at, we wrestled with five questions that are, that are pivotal to, to our lives. And, and the first question we wrestled with was, who do I need to forgive? And the second question that we wrestled with is, do I need to love someone from afar? Who do I need to love from a, a distance? Who do I need to love from a distance? And the third question we wrestled with is, what story is my life telling? The actions that I'm taking, what story Am I telling with my life? And we explained that every step you take becomes a permanent part of the story of your life. If you were here on Tribe, we looked at Rahab. Even though Rahab had left prostitution and got it married, great-grandmother of David, in the lineage of Jesus, in the book of James, in the book of Hebrews, God, the word of God still referred to her as Rahab the... The harlot. Wow. So every step you take, forgiving, yes, becomes 
a permanent part of the story of your life. And the, the fourth question we looked at is, am I taking action? Am I taking action? Am I just sitting down or am I taking action? And, and the final question we looked at last week is, am I true to myself? And we said, unto yourself, be true. If you deceive your husband, if you deceive your wife, if you deceive your principal, if you deceive all your friends, but unto yourself, be true. Today, we are taking our text from the same um, scripture we've been reading, which is Agai chapter 2, from verse 1 to 9. Agai 2, 1 to 9. Then on October 17 of the same year, the Lord sent another message through the prophet Agai, say to Zerubbabel, son of Shetel, governor of Judah, and to Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of God's people in the land. Does anyone remember this house, this temple in its former splendor? How in comparison does it look to you now? It must seem like nothing at all. But now the Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel, be strong, Joshua. Be strong, all you people still left in the land, and now get to work, for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains amongst you, just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So do not be afraid, for this is what the Lord of hosts says. In a little while, I will again shake the heavens and the earth and the oceans, and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations, and the treasures of all nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place, I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. The future glory of your life shall be greater than the past. In the mighty name of Jesus. No matter how great your past has been, no matter how turbulent it has been, the future glory of your life shall be greater than that of your past in the name of Jesus. The future glory of your finances shall be greater than that of your past finances in Jesus' name. The future glory of your marriage shall be greater than that of, of the past in Jesus' name. The future glory of your health shall be greater than that of the past in Jesus' name. The future glory of your destiny shall be greater and that of your past, in the mighty name of Jesus. Your best days, as they say, and, and it's just, not just a cliche, because, but it's the truth of the word of God, lies ahead of you. You've seen good days, but you've not seen anything yet. Your best days, where are they? Are they behind or in front? They're in front. So that's why you have to wake up every morning and embrace the day. Because your best days are still where? Still ahead of you. So a few things from this um, uh, passage of scripture and from, from the context of, of, of the, the Jews coming back from captivity. 
and, and we'll be done. The first thing that jumps out at us is God saying to his people, be strong and get to work. Be strong and get to work. In Agai 2.4, Agai 2.4, the word of God says, but now the Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Joshua, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land. Why would God keep saying, be strong, be strong, be strong? And to specific people, to the specific group, he spoke to the leader, he spoke to the priest, he spoke to the people. He says, be strong, be strong, be strong. You know what that means? Simply, God is saying, I know that what is ahead of you is not trivial. God is saying, I'm not oblivious of the fact that the, the challenge is huge. I'm not oblivious of the fact that you, you may look at the situation and think it's overwhelming. But God, the God of heaven's armies, is saying to you today, be strong. Be strong. I remember growing up, I mean, and, and you know, and my grandmother said this to me many times, you know, and, but, I mean, a, um, a, um, an example was going back to, I was in a school, a boarding house that I thought was a torture camp that I didn't, I didn't like. The trouble was too much. So when I'm back on holidays, I decided to go to school. I mean, I always feel, you know, sad, you know, and, you know, sometimes crying, you know. And my grandmother would say, Shibyokuri, you know, in Yoruba, that's all. In English, it means behave like a man. Be a man. Shibyokuri, be a man. And I'll brace myself and I'll behave like a man. I'll go to school. <laughs> you know? And God is saying to you today, shape your point. <laughs> Behave like a man. Be a man. Be strong. The pressure is a lot. For some of us, it's not just the pressure of the trouble, it's the, it's the pressure of the workload, of the challenge, of, of, of the huge responsibility. God is saying, be be strong. Be strong. Be strong. I'll put your name there. Be strong. You have to choose to be strong. Because God has told you to be strong. You have to choose to be strong. In Joshua 1.6, Joshua 1.6, God, God was saying to Joshua, God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. For you are the one that will lead the people to possess the land. I swore to their ancestors, I will give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong. There is no reward for weakness in the world. The world does not reward weakness. So suck it up. And be strong. Cry if you must. But shake yourself off. And be strong. You know why you have to be strong? God is with you. Praise the name of the Lord. So be strong. The world has no, no pity for the, for the weak. The only place your weakness is valuable is in the presence of God. That's the only place your weakness is valuable. And in fact, that's the only place where when we are weak, then we are strong. 
That's where we can exchange our weakness for his strength. But when you leave the presence of God, be, be strong. Be strong. If you check Revelations, over and over in Revelations, unto him that overcometh, unto him that overcometh, give it this, unto him that overcometh. If you read, you will not see unto he that was defeated. You have to be strong. Yes, it's tough. You have to be strong. You know why you have to be strong? That challenge, that problem, that thing you are facing as an expiry date. As an expiry date. So the question is, when it expires, where will you be? Some people, by the time, I, I know people that were my mother's friends, they went through the same challenges, similar challenges in their marriages. When the problem expired, they had stroke, they had high blood pressure, they were on wheelchair, they were, by the grace of God, my mom is standing, she's walking, She's pastoring. She's building churches for Jesus. Today, what they went through then had expired. But some people came out destroyed. Some came out standing. You will come out standing. In the name of Jesus. So look at your neighbor and say, be strong, be strong, be strong, be strong. Tell them, Shebiyo <laughs> Kuri. Behave like a mon. Behave like a mon. And God says, be strong and get to work. Be strong and get to work. Begin to work. Begin to work. Begin to start something. Do something. Begin to work. And in work, is embedded. It's, it's, it's like a mystery. Begin to work means begin to sacrifice. Begin to pay the sacrifice for that level that you desire. Begin to work. Begin to what? Begin to work. Begin to sacrifice. If you are honest with yourself, you are where you are today because of the sacrifices you made yesterday. In your career, in your business, in your finances, you are where you are today because of the sacrifices you made yesterday or because of the sacrifices you chose not to make. You know, when, when God said to Abraham, this is thought service, can, can we unpack this a little bit? You know, I brushed over it in the first two services, you know. When God said to Abraham, give me your son, your only son, Isaac. Abraham knew that as soon as God placed a demand on Isaac, if he had held on to Isaac, Isaac would remain useless. So Abraham took Isaac and said, he is able to resurrect him again. I was going to kill him. And God says, now I know you, you fear the Lord. Everything in your possession that God has laid a hold on 
placed a claim on. If you don't give it to God, that thing is not going to be useful. Third service, we are serious Christians. <laughs> so I'm giving you at a deeper level. It isn't. If you, if you keep, take, take the principle of tithing, for instance. If you keep money that God says the 10% is mine and you don't tithe on it, you will lose everything. That's how it works. Everything you don't honor God with becomes a label for destruction. That's how it works. That's how it works. And if you, if you, if you check, even I, I know people that when they were nothing, they sacrificed and sacrificed and sacrificed and they became something. And guess what? They stopped sacrificing because they thought they are, they've arrived. But guess what? Standard. When God says, be strong and walk, he's saying, everything has a price tag. Every future you can envision has a price tag. Locate the price tag and pay it. It becomes yours. Everything you see today, somebody paid for it. Even salvation, Jesus paid for it. Everything you see today, somebody paid for it. The chair you are sitting on, somebody paid for it. It could be you. <laughs> but somebody did. Somebody paid for it. Everything. Somebody, look, there's a price tag to every future. So God says, be strong and, and what? Come on. Was that injection too strong? <laughs> be strong and get to work. And get to work. The second thing that jumps out at us is that it's okay to start small. It's okay to start small. Just start. Just start. Start it. It's okay to start small. Just go forward. In Zechariah chapter 4, from verse 8, it says, Then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's army has sent me. He says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. He rejoices to see the plumb line in the hands of Zerubbabel. Do not despise the days of little beginning. The challenge is that many times we think that we must start big. And many times God is saying, I want you to start small. So that when you become big, you will know I am the one that has made you big. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. God says, start from where you are. I will show you that I am able to multiply it. Start from where you are. What's your plumb line? We all have a plumb line for the teacher, the chalk. Is, do they still use chalk these days? They have digital screens now. Okay, the chalk, you know what I mean. The chalk is the plumb line for the 
Doctor, maybe the stethoscope is the plumb line. For some of us, that computer that is the plumb line. What, the plumb line is the, is, the, is the tool of your trade. God says, I need to see it in your hands. Why? Because God rejoices. The Bible says, the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Imagine. It says, the Lord rejoices to see the plumb line in the hands of Zerubbabel. There's no work that is too small. Start it. There's no business that is too small. Start it. The problem is not the business that is small. The problem is the vision. What can you see? What can you see? If you can see it, even though you are starting small, it is going to happen. It's going to come to pass. So, God is saying, there's no work that is too small. There's no work that's too small. People, folks have said, oh, pastor, you, you don't understand. I used to be um, a vice president of a blue chip company. You know, how can you expect me to now be carrying files? And I said, said but oh God, you, you don't have any income right now. And your family has to eat. Go and carry the damn file. In Jesus' name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go carry the fire, my friend. I mean, I, look, the, my, you will not end there. That's, that's the mistake we make. We think where we start is where we are going to end. No, it's just the starting. Honestly, maybe God just wants to see your heart. Maybe just, just, God just wants to take you through a path that you will never forget Him. But start from where you are. You cannot say, the work is too small for me. My pedigree. I mean, what pedigree? You don't have an income. You're talking about pedigree. I shared this before. I mean, if I said the first two worship experiences, that, I mean, if I need to carry pong pong to feed my family, I will. If I need to carry... Uh, you know what my point is? The problem why, the reason why you're not working is because your wife is still feeding you. And she's disobeying scriptures. The Bible says, the man that will not work should not eat. Shake enough. But pastor, are you trying to cause problems in our family? You know, I say, I'm just trying to say you should obey the word of God. Let the man go and walk. And everywhere is so quiet. <laughs> I think I'm saying something that is bad. And it's only the women that are clapping. Man, let's clap for, for the word, for the strong word this morning. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. You're saying, oh, Pastor, is it for you to say, because you don't, you, don't, you don't need to, you don't have to. The reason is you don't know where I started from. That's why you're talking like that. The willingness to do what it takes. God says, don't despise the days of little beginning. Don't despise it because I rejoice in it. Don't despise what God rejoices in. I mean, I mean there was a pastor that was going to minister in another church and he was going to be picked up at the airport 
by some, um, the church that invited him to minister. And they sent him a, a, a B2, you know. It wasn't a B2. The car was more like a B2. You know what a B2 is? You know, um, talking so, you know. Hearing better. <laughs> you know, that's B2, that's more car. And the pastor came out from the airport and looked at the car and he refused to enter it. He says, my anointing is too big for this car. I'm like, what is wrong with us? Is there not something wrong with that immediately? Your, your anointing is bigger than Jesus' anointing that was born in, among sheep. The point is this. We think too highly of ourselves. And therefore, we don't do what God wants us to do to get the breakthroughs that God wants us to get. The moment you keep thinking that this work is beneath me, there's no work that is beneath you if that's what you have to do. Praise the name of the Lord. So, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying start from somewhere. Start from where you are and watch God multiply you. That, that, that's how God does his things. Praise the name of the Lord. Number three, third thing that jumped out at us is that the first one is, is what? Be strong and get to work. Second thing is what? It's okay to start small. Just start. Go forward. Third thing is rely on God. You know, rely, many, many times, many of us, we've, 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 been, we've not been relying on God. That's why we, we are even in the trouble we are in. God says, rely on me. Rely. Zechariah 4 from verse, I'm just going to go straight to verse 6. Zechariah 4. He says, then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by power. It is not by force. It is not by strength. But by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. By my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 7, nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will be leveled to the ground. And this is Zerubbabel that had a plumb line. This is Zerubbabel that had a plumb line. Who was Zerubbabel? Zerubbabel was the governor was the governor of, of Judah. And he had a plumb line. What's a plumb line? A plumb line is a carpenter's tool. So a, a bricklayer's tool to get um, angles and all that. So Zerubbabel, even though he was governor, was doing bricklayer's work. He, he put his hand back to the grind. He, he, he humbled himself to work. And God is saying, say to Zerubbabel, you can put your name there. It's not by power. It's not by might, but by my spirit. This mountain will be moved. So whatever mountain stands before you, God is saying this mountain will be moved. Not only should we get to work, be strong and get to work. Not only should we, should we start from where we are and it's okay to start small. God is saying to us, rely on me, which is, the, the, the level you are going to get to, the speed you are going to have is going to be supernatural. 
And if you believe that, say amen. amen. The speed is going to be supernatural. So imagine you, you can sweep this auditorium in 30 minutes. God says, start. Start small. Take the broom. Start. You begin to sweep. And you discover that in one minute you have finished sweeping one auditorium. Then in 30 minutes you have, you have swept 30 auditoriums. What, what is that? It's not by power. It's not by might. But by my spirit, says the Lord. This mountain. In Jesus' name, this mountain, he says, by my spirit, says the Lord. The, the traction you are going to get, the speed you are going to have, is going to be by the Spirit of God. And that is where the supernatural multiplication comes in. And many people that, are, that have said, oh, I know people that say, that, oh, that ah, they cannot pastor a church or preach to a church that at least 1,000 people. I'm like, what's wrong with you? That's why I never invite them to come to God's favorite house. Say, okay, Pastor Femi, when, am I, when are we coming to God's favorite house? To share the word. Which word? That's the reason that you were not interested in coming when we were just a handful. Don't worry about coming. Now, and you see, the, the, the truth is this. Folks says, how did you do it? They just a handful. It's just five hundred. What do you mean, how did I do it? It's not by power. It's not by might. But by my spirit says the Lord. It is by the Spirit of the Lord. But you will not have that supernatural move if you don't start with what you have. If you don't start with what you have, you can't have it. So you have to start with what you have. There are people that... Ah, people are so, just so vain. It's unbelievable. It's just so vain. But God wants you to be real. God wants you to face and tackle what is before you and watch him do what only him can do. Number four. You guys are not taking notes. That's number three. It's number four. Okay, you're right. <laughs> number four. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God is saying, don't be afraid. Fear has kept a lot of people back from achieving what God has for them. Too, too many times. God is saying, don't be afraid. In Agai 2, 4-5, he says, For I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains amongst you, just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I came across a graphic um, on the internet and, and I really liked it. Uh, they're going to put it up now. And it, it basically tries to um, say what every character in that word fear means. F-E-A-R. 
is that it could be forget everything and run. <laughs> or it could be face everything and rise. You choose. You know, I thought it was very apt, you know. So I, 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 I just um, grabbed it. <laughs> forget everything and run or, to, or face everything and, and, and rise. And we, we have to realize that there's a difference between fear and danger. There's a difference between fear and danger. There's a difference between fear and danger. You can be afraid when there's no danger. And you can be in danger and not afraid. Have you, haven't you seen a child standing at the tip of, of a building, skyscraper, at the balcony, standing on top of the balcony, and the child is not afraid? Is the child not in danger? Of course, but is, is the child afraid? Not at all. So you can, you can be a, afraid and not in danger. So you need to separate the two. Separate the two. Take the story of um, this cartoon character, Tom and Jerry. How many people like Tom and Jerry? I like Tom and Jerry. Okay, I have company. Tom and Jerry. Tom is a cat. Jerry is a mouse. Jerry doesn't fear Tom. If we go and pull Tom's tail and run away, doesn't fear Tom. But Jerry is afraid of the danger that can come from the claws of Tom. <laughs> that is why Jerry runs away. And it, it, it is instructive that when you talk about danger and fear, safety is not in the absence of danger. Safety is in the presence of God. It is in the presence of God that safety, I mean, is guaranteed. If you check, it is just the presence of God that guarantees safety. It's the presence of God that guarantees safety. Take the story of Tom and Jerry again. Tom, chasing Jerry. Jerry has probably taken his cheese or pulled his whiskers or, or done something funny. And Tom is chasing Jerry. I mean, the cat is chasing the mouse up and down everywhere, the, the roof, down the pipe, down everywhere. And all of a sudden, Jerry stops, takes a bend, and Tom takes the bend and sees Jerry. Jerry stops and poses against the wall. I remember I've seen that episode. You've seen that episode, good. And Jerry pose, poses against the wall. You know, if you've been chasing someone, and the person has been running, all of a sudden the person stops and poses for you. What would you do? <laughs> so Tom stopped. I was coming slowly and slowly. And got close enough and saw the bulldog. Then the chaser became the chasee. Then the chase was in the other direction. But that's the same thing with us. Because the word of God says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. When you have been running and running and running and running and running, when you come into the name of the Lord, pause. Just pause. Just stop and pause. So maybe someone has been harassing you at work and harassing you and harassing you and harassing you. All of a sudden, you hear a message like this. You get to work tomorrow, you're posing. 
they, they, they don't, they, they're like, is she okay? Is he okay? I thought we have intimidated him. I thought we have intimidated her. They will soon see the bulldog. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Just like those of us that are parents, if you have a child, <clears throat> and maybe the child just has a nightmare, or just woke up startled, or is crying, is afraid of something, then you hold the child, and you say, Daddy is here. How many people do that? How many fathers have done that to this place? Confess. Okay, good, good, good. Good man. You say, Daddy is here. Or for, for our ladies, you say, Mommy is here. And what happens to the child? Calms down. The, the child doesn't measure the, the circumference of your biceps to see if you have muscle. But the fact that you, you, you have said, Daddy is here, even though you know that you can't fight anybody, you don't know how to fight. But you have assured the child. You have said, mommy is here. Your daddy is here. The child just snuggles on your shoulder and sleeps up. Regardless of what is around the child. Because daddy is here. See, God is saying to you today, daddy is here. Breathing. Take a deep breath. Let fear go. And that's what God was saying to the Jews here. He says, don't be afraid because I am with you. He didn't just say, don't be afraid because there will be no danger. He says, don't be afraid because I am with you. God is with you. Romans 8.31, he says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as this? What shall we say about such wonderful things as this? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? So the question is not who is going to permit me to get this business. The question is who is going to stop me from getting this business. From this scripture, the question is not who is going to permit me from getting to that next level. The question is, who is actually going to stop me? Who is going to stop me? Nobody. If they try it, they will see the bulldog. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. That's just how it is. So number five, God is saying to us, he's not only saying to us, be strong and get to work. He's not only saying, it's okay to start small. He's not only saying, rely on God, on me. He's not only saying, don't be afraid. He's saying, go forward with gratitude. With gratitude. They rejoiced at the foundation work. Imagine. These people, I, I, I mean, they, they just made foundation and they are rejoicing. They are giving thanks. They are celebrating. Many people will say, let God finish the, the house, the temple. Then we will rejoice. Let, let us finish painting. Then we will rejoice. But these people began to give thanks to God even from foundation. Are you grateful for what you have. Are you grateful? Think about it. Are you really grateful? Are you grateful for your health? Are you grateful? Are you grateful for your husband? Are you grateful for your wife? Are you grateful 
for your children? Are you grateful? How do you know you are grateful? Or how you treat them? Are you grateful? Because everything we don't, we are not grateful for exits our lives. That's how it is. Everything we are not grateful for exits our lives. And many times we say, oh, let, let God do this, then I will be happy. Let me get that um, appointment, then I will be happy. Let me get that promotion, then I will be happy. Let me get this, then I will be happy. And the truth is that it's not happy people that are thankful. It's thankful people that are happy. It's thankful people that are happy. I mean, some wise guy said that, not me. It's thankful people that are happy. It's thankful people that are happy. They say, oh, Lord, let me be happy, then I'll be thankful. You, is, ah, you will know, God, you will know the kind of daughter you have. God is saying, be thankful, then you'll be happy. So many times we let what could be rob us of the joy of what is, what already is. We let, we let what could be the, 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 the anxiety of what could be, the pain of what could be, rob us from the joy of what already is. And this gratitude is so powerful that gratitude opens the door to abundance. Gratitude opens the door to abundance. You see, I've known this fact for a long time, but I can now prove it in scripture, I mean by scriptures, very simple actually. Gratitude opens the doors to abundance. You will have abundance in Jesus' name. Gratitude. What opens the door to abundance? Gratitude. Gratitude opens the door to abundance. There's nothing like having an ungrateful child. There's nothing like having like an ungrateful sibling. There's nothing like having like an ungrateful spouse. There's nothing like having an ungrateful person in your life. But you make sure you are not the ungrateful person. In God's life. So how, how is gratitude the door opener to abundance? Psalm 100 verse 4. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. How do you enter into his courts, into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise? With gratitude. Psalm 16 verse 11. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forever. How do I get into the presence of God? Gratitude. In the presence of God, what is there? Fullness of joy. At his right hand, what is there? What does pleasures mean? Health. Wealth. Peace, husband, wife, car, house, everything that will give you pleasure at his right hand. But you can't access it if you are not grateful. When you testify, you are showing that you are grateful. There are many people here, you are sitting here, you are owing God testimonies. You are owing God testimonies. Thank God for the testimonies and the thought service. You know, you guys. But there are many more. You are, you are owing God But when you are grateful, gratitude 
opens the door to abundance. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. And let's say thank you to the Lord. Just say thank you to him. I want you to think about your life. I say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Imela, 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 Okaka, Imela, Chineke, Imela, Oyama, Imela, 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 Okaka. Imela While the music goes on in the background, you may be here and you're saying, Pastor, I have not been grateful to God with my life. I have not lived my life in a way that is pleasing to God. But I want to set that straight today. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Wherever you are seated, you don't need to come forward. You have never accepted Jesus as the Lord of your life. Or you used to be born again, but your life has not shown gratitude to God. You are living at variance with God. And you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to align things. Wherever you are seated, you don't need to come forward. That is me. Put up your hand now over your head. Quickly, I will pray. God bless you, sir. God bless you over there. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister, right there. That is me. They're going to slip a card in your hand. God bless you over there. My life has not been aligned with God. My life has not shown gratitude. God bless you. God bless you right there. Right there. Keep the hands up. Right there. God bless you, my sister. Keep the hands up until you get the card. That is me, Pastor. Once you have the card, you can put down the hand. Once you, God bless you. Once you have the card, you can put down the hand and cry to God. Have mercy upon me. I, 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 today, I have decided to align my life with you. Lord Jesus, God bless you right there, my sister. I'm surrendering to you, Jesus. I'm realigning with you. I'm realigning with you. That is me. That is me. That is me. Put up that hand boldly. God bless you right there. God bless you. I have never given my life to him. Or I used to be born again, but I've gone back. My life. Oh, yes, I come to church. My life is not aligned with Christ. Put up that hand. I will pray together. Even now. That is me. That is me. Father in heaven, we pray for everyone that is taking this courageous step, Lord, to realign their lives. Taking this bold step to say, I need my life realigned. Thank you, my Father, for their courage. We pray in the name of Jesus that you cleanse them totally, that you empower them, my Father, that beginning from today, their lives will bring you gratitude, will be filled with gratitude to you, give you praise every single day of their lives. And we pray for every one of us, Lord, your grace to be propelled forward, given to us. Honor and glory be given to you. Honor and glory be given to you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord.